0: Pillow Pants is a little troll who lives in her pussy.
1: to episode 233 of the Mark and Me podcast. As always, I'm your host Mark. Now today's episode is a huge one for me. This has been five years in the making and this is no secret because I've spent a lot of time interviewing various members of the Viewerskew universe and today I've got another one to add to the ongoing list. And I'm thrilled to announce that I'm joined by Elias himself, Trevor Ferriman. Now, this is a huge one for me. You will know that I launched Mark and Me because of Kevin Smith. I adored his podcast and then wanted to start one just like him. And he was my very first guest. And since then, I've had a whole number of guests from the Viewerskew universe. I've had Jason Muse, Jeff Anderson, Mark Bernardin, Ethan Suppley, Marilyn Gigliotti, Ralph Garman, Brian O'Halloran and now Elias and honestly I'm absolutely thrilled to be joined by Pillowpants. This interview has been worth the wait and I will get to it in just a couple of minutes time but before I do, as I do on every episode of Mark and Me, I always like to use the intro to touch base and talk about my last episode. On episode 232, I was joined by the author and the journalist, Ian Winwood. This was one of my longest episodes and when I put it out there, I thought, are people going to enjoy this? Because it is much more of a long, ongoing conversation, not a short press tour where you get 10 or 15 minutes with the guest. And honestly, the response has been absolutely insane. One of my most downloaded episodes this year, the response couldn't have been bigger And I've seen so many people tweeting him and myself and saying just how much they love the episode, have gone on and bought his brand new book. And for me, that's a dream come true. So thank you so much. But today, it's all about Clerks 2 and Clerks 3 with Trevor himself. And I think the best thing to do right now is to get to that interview. So here's me and Trevor talking all things View Askew. So Trevor, thanks for joining me today on the Mark and Me podcast. Thanks for having me. Trevor, what I'd like to do for the audience out there that might be tuning in and discovering Clerks 2 or Clerks 3 or just yourself for the first time.
0: I can't imagine there are any of those.
1: What <laughs> yeah, wow. i like to do is uh, I'd like to give them an idea of you yourself as a person. So tell me about when you were growing up. What were those first maybe VHSs or DVDs that you bought that you absolutely loved? <laughs>
0: uh huh uh man I remember as a kid i was i wa i really liked um the like uh like the Joel Schumacher Batman movies wow you liked them i mean I was like nine I don't know yeah you never knew <laughs> at that point yeah I but I just remember thinking that i I also watched a lot of uh i wa uh I I remember I watched Newsies a lot. Uh, what else? I definitely watched Star Wars a lot, though I didn't own that VHS. My my friend uh, my friend did. Um, I don't know. I wasn't like a. I don't think I watched movies on repeat a lot. I was more like uh, an obsessive watcher of The Simpsons, uh, Conan, uh, Kids in the Hall, that kind of stuff.
1: That's amazing. I mean, Simpsons back in the prime of like season three to sort of season nine. Yeah. Gold, absolute gold. Nothing topped it.
0: No, I, I don't think so.
1: So at that point, were you kind of thinking to yourself what you wanted to do when you were older? Were you kind of like wanting to go down the route of acting or did you have any ideas or were you just a kid enjoying life?
0: I think mostly just a kid in, enjoying life. Though I didn't I didn't enjoy school that much. I I mean I like school. I, I didn't I didn't really get along with my a lot of my classmates most of the time but um I was just kind of a weird a weird kid so I didn't uh, I grew up in suburban Minnesota and I didn't really I wasn't into sports or anything and I got into theater when I was probably about 9 years old and uh that I just really liked that a lot so i i i never had any um ambition of like becoming an actor professionally i just knew i really liked being in plays and and stuff like that
1: so even though you didn't have that complete like desire to do it you were still learning and you did some tv work didn't you and modeling work quite young
0: yeah so there's a there's an interesting well whatever I'll, there's a there's a <laughs> The, there's this guy, this rich guy in the 18 ducatis. His name is Guthrie, and he built a theater in Minnesota, like a, a because he wanted like classical theater, meaning like classic Greek and Roman theater, to be available to other parts of the country than like just New York. Right. So he he like planted this seed of like legitimate theater in uh, Minnesota, and uh, almost arbitrarily, as far as I understand. But that around that grew like a community. of Minneapolis became this big theater town. And so there's a lot of actors in Minneapolis because there's so much theater. And that means there's this little infrastructure show business grew up around that little theater industry. So there's like casting agents and uh, like little production studios. And there's just enough Fortune 500 companies in Minneapolis like Target and Best Buy and uh, 3M and other things that they make their own some of them make their own commercials like locally. So when I first started doing plays and stuff, when I was like nine or 10, the director of that theater just suggested to my parents and to me that like, maybe I should go do some of that stuff. And not again, not with the intention of like being famous, just with like, they, if you book a local commercial, it's like 500 bucks and then, you just put that away for you know the, the my my attitude toward toward it was always like I would put it I just put it away for college and you know I would maybe do one audition every two weeks or something it just wasn't a major part of my life but yes and, I, I did yeah. do some I did do some like print work for Target and and some commercial stuff you know but like maybe five or six commercials total something like that.
1: So, um yeah, talk to me about how Clerks 2 came about, because obviously Kevin Smith had done work prior with Moratz, Chase and Amy, Dogma, but he added this whole new take of the mix of kind of Dante and Randall having this third part to the duo. And how was it that Elias came into your life?
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh Well, so when I was about, I was working with the, in Minnesota, uh, I was I, I was sort of registered with a talent agency there, as, as we were just discussing. But I didn't really talk to them much between the ages of like thirteen and seventeen. Um, I was just focused on like I don't know other stuff, and the summer before my senior year in high school, uh, they called me because I roughly fit the description of like a character a character description. Um and they just they they were they were doing like a casting search for to, to try to um, cast this role in this uh this NBC sitcom. And uh I randomly auditioned for that and ended up booking it. And so the summer before it was like in June I had the audition and then in like late July they were like you're moving to LA. Wow. So it was a really weird like hairpin turn for my life. So I ended up doing a TV show on NBC for half a season. And then I thought, Oh, that was an interesting detour for my life. I still thought now I'm going to go back to Minnesota, go to the U of M. And then my agent in LA was like, well, just stay for one more pilot season, see what happens. Cause it's like, I was already, they tutored me on the set for my senior year. So I already had my diploma and there was i had nothing to do for the next several months i was like okay and then i ended up booking another tv show and and that one was on abc for half a season neither one of these shows was terribly good hence why they got canceled but um but I, after booking the second show that was when i started thinking like oh maybe i should just stay here and like maybe this is a thing that i that people actually do and uh anyway um, a couple of so I booked some more stuff and a, a few things after that was the um, the movie that I did Jeff and, Jeff Anderson a uh, guy who plays Randall in the movies he uh, he wrote and directed a movie called Now You Know Yep. and really small budget but really funny he's a super funny dude and it was yeah the that was just an open casting call for that and I went in on audition for it and Jeff cast me for that and so I had a great time shooting that thing and then Kevin actually has a cameo in the I think the opening scene and I mean I think he would have seen the movie regardless but yeah so anyway so he saw me in that and and that's why he offered me the role in, in Clerks too.
1: Were you kind of like fuck this is a huge role like this is gonna be working with Kevin I know you'd work with Jeff but it's a big point to kind of do a sequel to a film that's such a cult classic like Clerks it's one of Tarantino's favorite films, you know, it's Kevin Smith's entry to the View Askew universe. And it must've been like, I think you must've surely had a lot of pressure thinking, oh my God, like this role's huge.
0: You know, uh, not really. <laughs> really? I, yeah. I mean, I i don't, I don't know. I, I think I'm maybe too much of a narcissist or something to feel like, uh, um, Nervous. I always liked clerks and I, I really liked chasing Amy and 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 Mallrats and all the movies that he'd made up to that point. I I you know I, I still I thought then and I still think that he's a he's a great um filmmaker, really funny guy. Uh but um I don't know. I just didn't I I, I think it's partially it's a combination of two things. One, I just really thought it was funny, and, yeah. and so that overrided anything. I don't know. I just related to, I I felt like I could lock into the character. I thought the lines were funny. I, I don't know. I just thought it was funny and I wanted to do it. And um, the other thing is that I still was not fully taking myself seriously. So by the time Kevin offered me the part, I had quit acting. Um, I, I was, I tried, I tried it for probably maybe what, three, four, maybe four years or something like that, maybe five. And like, I was increasingly just miserable and unhappy living in Hollywood, uh, hanging out with these people and um, going to auditions and stuff like that. And, you know, again, like my transition out of like adolescence was so sudden into this, into this world of like, they're child actors who obviously like have it worse, but you know, I was just like a normal kid from Minnesota. And then it was just like a very sudden change And I thought like that the the unhappiness that I was feeling in those years was just adulthood. Yeah. (laughs) And it wasn't until I started going, I, I started going to college, like not in LA. And I started meeting normal people again. I realized like, Oh, I actually just hate this. That's like the, the, the problem is not like, I mean, it's sort of both, right? Like it's growing up hurts, but also like, I just hated that city and I hated that industry. And so I quit and it wasn't until like, maybe six months to a year after I quit that Kevin had called me. So on the one hand, I was like, I just thought it was funny and it seemed like a fun thing to do. And on the other hand, I was like, I was, I was very much by that point already, not actively thinking of myself as an actor. So it it wasn't like this. Oh boy. I hope Quentin Tarantino puts me in I I don't know.
1: Kill Bill too. <laughs>
0: exactly. like, I just don't, I didn't really care. Do you think because you
1: were kind of not warm on the scene anymore and you weren't wanting that life and had that kind of passion to be all LA or Hollywood, do you think that kind of helped when you then went to do clerks too, because you weren't absorbed into that life? You were kind of just like going with the flow.
0: I think that's an interesting question. I don't know for sure. Yeah. Maybe you'd have to ask Kevin or something. I I think the reason that I'm able to relate to like his sense of humor or like the 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 kind of tone of his world is because I I I've never felt like an in, insider either right like I, I've always felt like a bit of a misfit and I don't always fit in so not fitting into Hollywood to the Hollywood scene I think the the same maybe this I don't this is totally speculation it's hard to observe yourself right but maybe the same reasons that I I didn't really fit into LA this were the maybe those reasons were the same reasons that I um I related to the to the his characters and his sense of humor and stuff that makes sense
1: so did you have to audition for Elias or was it a case that Kevin had seen you working with Jeff and was like I've got the perfect role for you
0: it was, I, as far as I understand, I think the way that he describes it is he wrote it. He wrote it for me. I I didn't uh, audition per se, but I, I also don't think it was like a deadlock. I, I think if I'd showed up, because we did like three weeks of rehearsal, I think if I'd showed up and just like bombed during the rehearsal, he just would have recast the, the yeah. role. So it wasn't an audition per se, but there was like, say, a trial period. <laughs>
1: Did, was it nervous? Can you remember the first day going to these rehearsals and seeing people like Jason Mewes and Kevin and uh, Rosie um, Dawson and all these guys?
0: I don't recall being, I think I was, uh, I don't know, I guess nervous is yeah, I guess nervous is the right word. I think I was nervous to meet um, to Kevin asked if I wanted to go get lunch, like that was the first thing that he asked if I wanted to do. And I just, I asked if Jeff could, could come with us because I knew Jeff and I really liked Jeff and he he was a mutual friend. And looking back on that now, I think that was like, that was sort of silly. I don't think that was nervousness so much born out of like a reverence for, or like a, like a, I don't know, like a, like a celebrity nervousness thing so much as it was just my natural social anxiety. Like I just didn't, I don't know. I just you're not, wanted you're them, not in um, your comfort
1: zone, are you? You know, it's it's a bit out of uh, yes, comfort, I, yeah.
0: I just wanted somebody I knew there to to be there because I didn't know Ke- I, what Kevin was like at all, and just felt more comfortable with somebody with a mutual friend.
1: And, and was it an absolute yeah. blast? Because the film itself is hilarious, the script's amazing, the dialogue that you have with Jeff and the banter and kind of he loves you, but you're both at, throughout the whole film uh, hating each other. It must have been such a fun role to play you must be so proud to look back at that
0: yeah i am it's funny i i hadn't um uh it was at the time it was really fun i love working with jeff i've I've gotten along with him really since the day that we met he's a just a really hilarious uh smart kind dude and uh and yeah, and, and working with him, you know, I, I don't know. He and I have just always had a good rapport. It helped doing Clerks too, that we'd had worked together previously, right? Yeah. Like we'd something, we built up like a, a rhythm or whatever. But um, yeah, so at the time it was really fun. And, and yeah, it was like, I thought it was a good script. I thought I had a lot of like funny stuff. And it was it was cool to get the opportunity to, to like uh, take a swing at that. So I, I was really appreciative of that. For years afterwards, um, because shortly after Clerks 2 came out, I just sort of quit, quit again. And then I didn't really, I didn't think much about show business for the next, you know, like 15 years. Yeah. And um, so it was just, it was something that I wasn't, I certainly wasn't ashamed of. I mean, I was, I was proud of it, but uh, I just didn't think about it that much. And then we we shot Clerics 3 and I started going on the this tour to all these Comic Con things, these like yeah. fan ex and whatnot with Jeff and, and Brian. And that has been so much fun. Like just hanging out with them has been really fun. But like the thing that and I was really nervous to I, I didn't know what, what that was gonna be like. But the the thing that was that really like um I don't know. Like uh, altered my perception about being in Clerks too Was you know I went I went to the first one in Providence going like nobody gives a shit no who nobody wants to see nobody ha- has any idea who I am I do think I'm mostly right about that right like I I don't think I'm a famous person by any stretch of the imagination but there there are like there is this um there there are fans who like. They come up to me and they say like the nicest stuff, or like sometimes it's like really heavy stuff, where they're like going through a really hard time. And "Clarks too is just like something they have on in the background, or it was like a you know place that they would go to for comfort or whatever. And I realized like I think it made me appreciate in ways that I I hadn't before that like um, I contributed. Just I don't want to take you know an excessive amount of responsibility for it, but I contributed to a thing that really means something to people. And, uh...
1: and the, the Viewer Skew universe is nobody just likes a Kevin Smith film. You either love it or you hate him. And the people that love him, it's like a family. The The community out there is incredible. Um, I've never seen such a a beautiful set of people at the meetups before a film or the Viewer Skew board back in the day. Everyone's out for everyone in a good way. Yeah. And what I noticed is now Jeff's doing press again and going out there. He didn't for, you know, years. I think it shocked him just how much people value the roles that they play. And like you said, they might be going through hard times, but a lot of people I've spoken to, their favorite character is Elias. Uh, they absolutely love your lines in Clerks 2, all the trilogy talk, all the pillow pants stuff. It's genuinely hilarious. And your delivery and acting performance in that, Is for me, is my favorite character in the whole of Clerks 2. Now, when Clerks 3 came after... Did you
0: tell Jeff that when you were interviewing
1: him? I did. I told him that, and I told... um, I think I told Marilyn as well. Um, But if you look at it, 16 years later, when we finally got Clerks 3, I was a bit like, I really hope this is great because, you know, the first two are so good. And I'm not just saying this. You stole the show for me. Every costume change, every time I blinked, you looked different but you just came back as the Elias that I fell in love with in clerks too. And I, I, I really am so glad that Kevin got you all back in the convenience store in quick stop and just felt like a nice trip down memory lane.
0: Yeah, it was totally that way for me. I I mean, shooting it. I, I, I hated show business and and Hollywood, but I love performing and I love working with Kevin and Jeff and Brian and, you know, and Jay and all these guys like, um, they're so funny and they're so nice, and this character is so much fun. <laughs> yeah. So like, not having done it for a while, like, and then coming back just to do something that I'm, it's like putting on an old coat or something. You know, that was uh, the most. That was the most fun. And then the crew was so nice. I made a bunch of friends on the crew because I had to work so closely with hair, and makeup, and wardrobe, and uh, and they're like, yeah. I mean, I appreciate that was you get know, a lot of kind things to say, but I the you know, 80% of my job in Clerks 3 was done by hair, makeup, and wardrobe. You know, all I had to do was just sort of stand there. And uh, it's, it was just like, just the stuff. It was hilarious.
1: They... It's it's genuinely hilarious. There was never a scene that you were in the same costume for more than a couple of minutes. So it's, in, it's just the fair play to the makeup team and the costume department. But it was hilarious. The gothic stuff I saw, honestly, the makeup and everything, you just looked like you were having a blast.
0: It was so much fun that I remember before we started uh, shooting, I was still, I was sitting at this very table. In fact, if I place in Berkeley and uh, Allie, our, our costume designer um, emailed me and was like, can we set up a zoom? I just want to like talk about your characters costumes. And I was like, Oh, nobody's ever done that before. I was like, sure. And she just had me laughing within like five minutes. We were just, we, we just got along really well right away and we each thought like we each had the same, we each thought the same thing would be fun. Or like we had, we agreed, I guess, on like all the, on the way to approach this, that we thought would be the funniest, like that at first he sort of, this sheltered guy, (laughs) like what he thinks being the devil's concubine is, is shopping at Hot Topic. It's so (laughs) good. That's like, that's like stage one. And then like, he just, I mean, I think what I love about, elias's arc in this movie um and i know like the story the a story is clearly you know dante and randall i'm not trying to say it's not but if there's a b story you know it's like it's it's elias sort of finally coming out as the freak that he always was that we get like a little glimpse of in clerks 2 in the you know the infamous uh bachelor party scene
1: amazing we-
0: you just capture this little insight that he might just be ready to
1: break out at any point.
0: Yeah. And it just took, you know, another 15 years or whatever, but like, I think by the end of the movie, he's still who he is, but I think he's like, to me, he feels like a lot more at ease with himself for like the first time in his life. You know,
1: it's so good. And I suppose I won't spoil it, even though the film has been out a while, but the way it ends, it could set up that there could be a future for yourself. Oh God! And <laughs> would you would you love to return? <laughs> would you love to return in sort of ten years to a clerk's four and you know a new dynamic of running the shop?
0: Uh you know, I have no ambitions to do that. But if uh, I would work, if Kevin ever wanted me to do something, I, I'd be happy to. He's my friend. I really like him. I think he's really funny. But I I would not hold my breath for. Really. I would not hold my breath for anything like that happening.
1: But you must have been there for 15 years thinking, I wonder if clerks free will ever happen. There's been talk people doing comic meetings you know, and stuff.
0: I, but... was, I was trained very early on in like in the in the four to five years or whatever that I was that I was working in show business, that like basically just never hope for stuff. There were yeah. there were several there were okay. This happened to me several times actually, maybe four or five times where where I was cat where i was cast for something they told me you got the part and then like a week later they're like actually you don't and (laughs) twice that happened to me uh with uh and the the person they ended up giving the part to was kieran culkin wow (laughs) yeah two times fucking that culkin which films uh one of them was igby goes down and then the other one i can't remember wow (laughs) <laughs> yeah so it i mean whatever he was great in that movie I, i'm not actually yeah of course but i i just what i'm driving at is like those experiences trained me to go okay it'll probably never happen yeah so i got the script for a clerk in fact i got the yeah when i got the first script for clerks three which i am on the record i really like there's i guess like i don't know
1: it's very dark i hear
0: it it is but i i don't know it's still very funny i liked it a lot um i I read it. I thought it was really funny. And then, um, I just w- went up. Oh, it'll probably never happen. And then I was, I was right for like years. Yeah. And then yeah. Claire, they said, he sent me another script and I just had the same idea like oh, it'll probably never happen. And it got to the point where like, <laughs> I'd, um, I was switching jobs. I, would I, uh, I work, f- um, as a programmer for target now. And I was, uh, I was at my previous company. I was switching jobs and it was like during this three week period between after I had accepted the offer and before I started actually working. Yeah. I can't remember exactly what it was, but really when I accepted the job, my attitude still mentally was like, that will, this will never happen. I'm not, this movie is not going to actually like, because if you remember at Clerks 2, we were like literally two weeks away from when we were supposed to start. And they were like, okay, we're actually not doing it. And so it was just, you know, that was, that's, that's like where my brain, my expectations are calibrated. But there was something about an email I got that just made me go, like, oh God, it looks like they're actually really seriously in pre production. Like this may actually happen. So I had to call, I had to call my, who would, you know, my future boss and be like, look, (laughs) um, here's the situation. I used to be an actor. I still don't, I still think that there's like a less than 50% chance that this is going to happen. But if it does, I'm going to like start the job in like June. And then like two months later, I'm going to have to like fuck off for like five weeks. And I told him like, if it's a choice between like accepting this job and, and doing the, doing the movie, I'll just tell them I can't do the movie. And thankfully he was like, uh, no, no, it's no big deal. Like we can, you know, work around it or whatever. Is that, is that
1: is that quite surreal for your work colleagues that they sometimes like click and go, hang on. You're in clerks too, or, you know, I, you know, I was start finding out.
0: I was, yeah, a little bit. I mean, it's just, it's just a little bit odd, but everybody's got something odd in their you know, past or whatever. But where it was really surreal, I think for the people that I, that my colleagues that I work with day in, day out is I was, you know, I, I felt really guilty about like taking all this time off to do this thing, like right after I joined the team. And so I was really trying. Um, it didn't go super well, but I was really trying as hard as I could to, work while I was on set because actors like have normally actors have a lot of downtime. In yeah. this case I didn't have as much because I spent so much time in the HMU trailer um getting stuff glued onto me. But um I would but you know I would try to join Zoom meetings from my trailer.
1: I'm picturing you there like looking like uh, Rocky <laughs> Horror crazy- show sitting there all the makeup <laughs> doing a call about yeah. productivity and stats and
0: exactly. That's what it was like for like several weeks. It was really funny.
1: That's cool that they were so cool about you having the time off though, especially quite new into a role. Managers can be dicks and be like, no, we need you here.
0: My boss is awesome. I have the best team. They're super nice people. And they're just, they were just really, really flexible and they were great.
1: And then going on this tour, I've seen a few dates now that are in America where the the whole kind of fans get to purchase a ticket. Kevin does a bit of a Q and a, you guys come out as well. That must be an amazing experience to see all the fans again like you said at the, the comic conventions. Yeah. I've seen Jeff. It's really blown Jeff's mind I think. I think it's really opened his eyes to how much the fans value you guys. I think
0: I think our my experience has been the same as my experience has been the same as his but um but his has been way more pronounced. Like he's way more recognizable his role I think is like a lot more iconic and he's also been much more of like a um, I don't want to use the word recluse, but like, you know, he lives up in the mountains in some shack yeah. bears. And uh <laughs> and uh and then the other thing is like I he didn't grow up doing theater like I did, right? Like I was actually like a performer kid. He was just, you know, sort of naturally um has the you know the, the sort of uh charisma and, and a sense of humor that he has. So I I think all of it has been like a it's gotta be just more surprising to him. You know what I mean? Like the way, like, so, but yeah, my, my reaction has been a microcosm of his. I, I didn't, I didn't really fully get how appreciative some people would be. And that's been really touching. And it's made me like, it's made me treat. I'm in a way I'm glad I, I didn't see the, uh, the, um opportunity to do clerks to at the time as like this daunting honor because yeah maybe I would have gotten in my own way and been nervous or, you know, something like that in a way that I, I wasn't. Um, but now looking back on it, I, I see it. My, I see it as a much more like rarefied opportunity to like, actually do help make something that meant, like I said, that that meant something to people. Um And what's yeah, the like- film
1: back. Are you, are you really proud of clerks free? Cause uh, the, I think it's a beautiful end to a trilogy. I don't want to see any more films because of the way it ends. And I've never seen Brian producer performance or, to be fair, Jeff like that could be so serious. And I was crying. I was like, wow, like this is pretty heavy.
0: Yeah, I <laughs> just like in Clerks 2, I think my um my like where where I'm lucky is my character doesn't have to actually do hardly any heavy lifting to tell the story at all. He's just a sort of like release valve for, you know, like comedic tension. There's maybe that scene in the hospital in Clerks yeah. 3 but um you know like compared to what jeff and brian have to do to actually like propel the story forward all i have to do literally is put weird clothes on <laughs> and they tell me to stand and like that's it it was very low pressure for me
1: it's a great end and what i do on this podcast and it's my final question is every guest that comes on they get to choose the outro piece of music so It can be any song by any band that you love or a piece of music that you love, but I am putting you on the spot today. Uh, What I want to do is ask what you'd love to be the outro music for today's episode after this is all done and why have you chosen that song?
0: I would love it to be the bootleg version of Bob Dylan's Tangled Up in Blue because that's arguably my favorite song.
1: That's amazing. I love that you've gone for like a bootleg version.
0: Well, it's from the, the his, he, he, he's he got albums out there like Bootleg Volumes 1 through I don't yeah. know, like 27, but it's on Bootleg volume 2, I believe.
1: That's amazing. And is there, is it just because you think it's one of the best songs written? Is that your main reason to choose it? Is there something that you've listened to at times that you've needed music in your life? Or is it just a song you fucking adore?
0: Yeah, I guess all of the above. It's Blood on the Tracks, my favorite album. That's probably my favorite song on the album. And there's some, I really like the one that's on the, album as well, but uh in isolation there's something about the bootleg version that I just like uh I like a little better.
1: Amazing. Uh thank you so much for your time dude. Like this has been an absolute honor to have you on and I really do appreciate your time. Uh I think a lot of people out there don't realize that you're working full time in a job and some people think like you do clicks two, you do clicks three and then you just enjoy life, but you're still working yeah. really hard in a normal job and taking huge amounts of times off between films and I'm so glad that you came back for Clerks Free because it it wouldn't have been the same without Elias.
0: Well, that's very kind of you to say. I was, I was happy to be back.
1: So there it is. There's my interview with me and Trevor, another clerk ticked off the ongoing list and a huge achievement for me personally. And a guess that I've made no secret about, I've tried to get on the podcast for five years And I just want to say now a massive thank you to Brian O'Halloran who made this interview happen. I am so grateful and I owe you so many beers when we meet up. Thank you so much. I hope all you guys at home have really enjoyed today's interview and anyone that's into Viewer Movies or Kevin Smith's world will just absolutely love Trevor. He's such a great guest, so open, so honest and he's not in the world of show business. He doesn't want to be known for acting. He enjoyed Clerks too. he came back for Clerks 3, but as you heard, he's just a normal guy in a normal job. And I'm so honoured that he's come on the podcast and is such a beautiful, humble human being. If you've enjoyed today's episode, all that I ask is you share it. It costs nothing to do and all the links are on markandme.com. If you use Twitter, then retweet the episode. If you're on Facebook, hit that share button. Or if you're on Instagram, want to put it on your stories or even post it as one of your updates. You have no idea how many people see that and then suddenly jump on board and start listening to Mark and me. It's the best way I can get the word out there and cost me nothing. And this podcast makes no money. So that free marketing and publicity for just clicking a few buttons is all I ask. I do also have a Patreon account, and this is what allows me to get the podcast on stuff like Amazon, Spotify, Podomatic, iTunes, and that costs money. To host the podcast costs me money every week, and the more downloads that happen means more bandwidth, which costs me even more. But thanks to Patreon, if you go on there, which is the link again on markandme.com, for £2 a month, and that's all I ask. There are other options if you want to pay more, but for that, you're guaranteed a couple of episodes a week. As soon as you sign up, you get an exclusive badge of Mark and me, you get stickers, I send prizes throughout the year, and thanks to my good friends at Richer Sounds, you have the opportunity to win an amazing prize. It could be headphones, it could be a sound dock, it could be anything, but every time you support me, you're in with a chance of winning an amazing prize and all the money that comes in via Patreon goes right back into the podcast and allows me to host this, travel the country, and give you guys at home more episodes. And I'm not slowing down anytime soon. I truly believe that this podcast has been going just over five years, and I'm not belittling my work because I've worked extremely hard, but I think it's only just now that I'm really believing in these episodes myself. I'm my own worst critic and nothing is ever good enough for me. And when I listen back and edit, and I might be being too honest here, I cringe and I think, oh, this isn't great. But just over the last couple of weeks, something's clicked. Something's changed. And like you heard with Trevor today, and maybe you heard last week and you'll hear over the next coming weeks, the episodes are just a bit longer. They're a bit more personal and they just feel more relaxed. And for me, I've really enjoyed editing them. And I really believe in the episodes now. And it feels like a whole new podcast. And that might sound insane considering we're episode 230 plus. But I'm really excited now about what I'm going to be bringing you over the next few weeks. So until then, look after yourself, take care, and I'll speak to you all very soon.
2: together sure was gonna be rough they never did like mama's homemade dress papa's bank book wasn't big enough and he was standing on the side of the road rain falling on his shoes heading out for the old east coast lot knows he's paid some dues getting through tangled up in When they first met Soon to be divorced He helped her out of a jam, I guess But he used a little too much force And they drove that car as far as they could Abandoned it out west And split up on a docks at night Both agree and it was best And she turned around to look at him As he was walking away She said this can't be the end We'll meet on another day on the avenue Tangle up in blue He had a job in the old north woods Working as a cook for a spell But he never did like it all that much And one day the axe ice fell When he drifted down to L.A. Where he reckoned to try his luck Working for a while in an airplane plant Loading cargo onto a truck But all the while he was alone The past was close behind He'd seen a lot of women But she never escaped his mind And he just grew Tangled up in blue She was working in a topless place. I stopped in for a beer. I just kept looking at the side of her face, and the spotlight so clear. And later on, as the crowd thinned out, I was about to do the same. She was standing there, in the back of my chair, said, Tell me what's your name? I muttered something underneath my breath. She studied the lines of my face. I must admit, I felt a little uneasy when she bent down to tie the laces of my shoe. Tangled blue. She lit a burner on the stove and offered me a pipe. Thought you'd never say hello, she said, You look like a silent type. Then she opened up a book of poems and handed it to me, written by an Italian poet from the 13th century. And every one of them words rang true and flowed like burning coal, pouring off of every page like it was written in my soul, from me to you, tangled up in blue. was always in a hurry, too busy or too stone. and everything that she ever planned just uh, had to be postponed. She thought they were successful, she thought they were blessed, with objects and material things, but I never was impressed. And when it all came crashing down, I became withdrawn, the only thing I knew how to do was I keep on keeping on Like a bird that flew Tangled up in blue So now I'm going back again I got to get to her somehow All the people we used to know They're an illusion. to me now some are mathematicians, some are doctors' wives Don't know how it all got started, don't know what they're doing with their lives But me, I'm still on the road, heading for another joint We always did feel the same, but you saw it from a different point of view Time love